The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. You don't want it. You don't need it. But you're going to get it anyway. The Kevin Sheehan Show. Here's Kevin. Cooley will be on the show today. Uh, we will get his thoughts on Sam Howell and the offense against the Ravens on Monday night. The show today brought to you by MyBookie. Football is back, so is winning season at MyBookie. NFL, college football, and a brand new cash-out system give you options to bet and win all season long. First two legs of your parlay hit, cash out early, and use the funds on another bet, or let it ride for the chance at a bigger payday. Use use early cash outs as a tool to stay in control of the action at MyBookie. To get started, go to MyBookie.ag now. Register for an account that's free. When you're ready to make your first deposit, just use my promo code KevinDC to grab a welcome bonus on the house. That's promo code Kevin DC to claim your deposit bonus. And for a limited time, you'll get a free chip to use in the My Bookie Online Casino. First college football weekend uh, coming up. It's week zero. All right. Uh, Southern Cal, a 31 point favorite over San Jose State at My Bookie. And Notre Dame is a 21 point favorite against Navy as they open up the Brian Newberry era in Annapolis. Uh, MyBookie.ag, use my promo code KevinDC. I want to start the show with two tweets that I want to respond to before we get to Cooley. Um, This from Kyle on Twitter. Of course it was ones against twos and means nothing, but funny because you went on and on for a week about how good Brissett looked on a single drive against Cleveland's twos and threes, and if roles had been reversed last night, meaning Monday night, you would have been singing his praises. (laughs) Actually, Kyle, uh, and the two or three others that have tweeted me something similar, I did actually sing Hal's praises. He played well. He played very well. He looks the part. And many other things like that. Forms of praise for Hal's game against the Ravens Monday night. I mean, come on, man. Listen. I was very positive about Sam Hal's performance. It was almost identical to some of the things I said last week about Hal's performance against the Browns. Poised, calm, looks comfortable, looks the part. Lots of singing praise for Sam Howell so far 
through two preseason games. But yes, I have also pointed out who he has faced. Cleveland, without several of its defensive starters, including their two best defensive players, including the best player on their team in Miles Garrett, and against Baltimore facing none of their projected starters. I pointed that out as well. As far as Jacoby Brissett goes, I did think he played well last week against Cleveland and said so. I also said yesterday that I did not think he played well against Baltimore. You know, and again, with Jacoby Brissett, I spelled out in detail last week and this week, describing like I did with Sam, who was on the other side of the ball defensively when both quarterbacks were in the game. I mean, hearing, comprehension, uh, one or the other, maybe both for some of you. Uh, This from Gabe. When are you going to get off the draft status of Sam Howell? It doesn't mean S. The guy is the next Brady best case, the next Purdy or Cousins worst case. Oh, Gabe, you know how to get me. Good job. First of all, Brady? Uh, Look, I don't think much is off the table in talking about Sam Howell, but the greatest of all time just might be. Also, how dare you compare Hal to Cousins as a worst case? If he's Cousins, sign me up for that right now. You know, your worst cases are damn good cases, including Purdy, who, you know, is an outlier just like Kirk and Dak Prescott, you know, have been um, in terms of day three picks. Uh, although I still think it's way too early on Purdy. But look, I, I agree with you, Gabe. I don't care about draft status for Sam Howell in the way you think I care about it. It doesn't matter when it comes to evaluating Sam Howell. Draft status is not a part of forming an opinion about Howell or any other player. Sam's draft status is something I have discussed, yes, many times, but in the context of It just doesn't happen very much. A day three quarterback developing into a legitimate NFL starter is very rare. Dak, Kirk, and Purdy right now are basically the list since 2010. You can throw Tyrod Taylor in there, but he hasn't been a steady starter. It's like three out of now 80-plus since 2010. And there are reasons for that, obviously, Usually, the reason is that the quarterback taken on day three isn't good enough. But as we've discussed many times, it's also possible that many day three QBs just weren't given the opportunity that day one quarterbacks get. Um, And perhaps that's a reason few end up making it in the league. But most don't make it because they're not good enough. But it's two conversations here. One, you know, Sam Howell was a fifth rounder, and the chances based on the history of quarterbacks being drafted in the later rounds, the chances of him becoming a big-time NFL starter based on that history aren't very good. Just a factual statement. The other part is, well, who cares? Because he's playing now. He's getting a chance. Let's see what he's got. His draft status doesn't 
even enter my mind during the game on Monday night when I'm watching. I'm watching their starting quarterback. And I am, like many of you, evaluating the performance. It won't factor in his draft status when I watch him against Arizona. Now it's about whether or not he can do it. It's really not that hard, you know? Bottom line, too, uh, with Sam Howell is Sam Howell was a weird day three pick. I said it the moment they took him in the fifth round. I said, look, that's not your normal run-of-the-mill fifth-round pick because Sam Howell has some brand recognition because he was thought to be a day-one pick, a very high day-one pick, you know, a year earlier or even like eight months before that draft. Um, You know, by the way, he's not the only one. You know, I've had many of you say – you know, in discussing Sam Howell as a day three pick, yeah, but he was a projected first rounder. Look, it doesn't happen often that guys fall from projected first to day three. Um, you know, there are examples like Brady Quinn, like Christian Hackenberg, who were actually projected number one overall picks, you know, before the draft at various points during their college careers, but they didn't fall to day three. They slid big time, but not to day three. Um, but yeah, um, two different things here. The draft status conversation is just a factual statement about the history of quarterbacks being taken on day three. Now it's about, since he's getting the chance, can he do it or not? Can he be, you know, one of those guys that slips through the cracks, you know, and ends up being kind of that needle in the proverbial haystack? And I know that kind of comes back to draft status, understood as I'm saying it, but the point is it's not about his draft status anymore now. It's about whether or not he can do it because he's getting the opportunity, and he's getting the opportunity because he's obviously shown something. Uh, Good news on Terry McLaurin yesterday. That MRI revealed no major damage to his right big toe. The team is optimistic, according to John Kime, about his availability for the September 10th season uh, season opener. Uh, that's huge. My God. Uh, they, have, uh, they have receivers and playmakers that are legit good and upper tier in this league, and Terry uh, is a big part of what they – you know, are hoping to accomplish this year. Without him, even for a couple of games, uh, it would be a big blow. But it looks like uh, they won't suffer that big blow. Uh, real quickly, before we get to Cooley, another win for the Nationals last night. C.J. Abrams, homers in the eighth inning. To hand the Yankees, by the way, their ninth straight loss. Longest losing streak for the pinstripes in 41 years. Meantime, the Nats are 24-14 and in their last 38 games. Third best record in the National League since the All-Star break. And they are seven and a half games out of the third and final wildcard spot. All right. Uh, Cooley, next, right after these words from a few of our sponsors. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. 
Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This segment of the show with Cooley is brought to you by our good friends at Shelly's Back Room. If you're looking to have a cigar when you're in town, go to Shelly's Back Room at 1331 F Street Northwest. You might be surprised to find out that you will also be able to get a great meal. Uh, Shelly's has one of the great food menus in the city. Lobster bisque for an appetizer, bacon-wrapped shrimp for dinner, key lime pie for dessert. Just a few of the other choices coming out of one of the best kitchens you'll find in D.C. A good meal and a good cigar, the good life. Find out more at Shelly'sBackRoom.com and go to Shelly's at 1331 F Street. Northwest. So, jumping on with us right now is Chris Cooley, who watched the game the other night. Uh, Not a lot of it. I think the first half, and he may uh, tell us that he only watched the offensive side of the ball. But, what's up, sport? What's up, pal? How you doing, doing? champ? I had a good time Doing out well, there. Big guy. I had a good time out there. I told everybody about my trip. It was it was a it was a blast. We had a good time. The best thing about you telling everybody about the trip was that you sat in the car and prepared to tell everybody about the trip, telling me about the trip in your own version of the trip <laughs> while we were on the trip. I don't even know what that. I don't even know what you're talking about. What do you mean? I, I you, you were like planning out your story while you were doing it, and I kept saying you just Make fun of me this entire time. I'm not going to make fun of you. I just I, I I said to you what I actually said to everybody else, and that is, the NFL Network should do a football life show on you. It would be a really good one. They've done it on much lesser players than you, uh, and you told me that they did reach out to you at some point. You told them you didn't want to do it. They reached out about something. That's why they. That's why. You think they should do a football show about me because I have no idea what who reaches out and for what reason. I do your podcast and then I live my other life in Wyoming. <laughs> yeah, I got a relevant uh, football. What do you got for you? All right, go ahead. My life related football. So my wife hands me this stack of mail today. Stack of mail, all fan mail. First of all, it's super weird that you can look up anyone's address anywhere. I don't like it. I'm not that private, but it's just super weird to get letters from, like, there's letters from 40 different states today. I have 400 letters. Seriously? That I opened and read. Seriously. And they get mailed to my house. So, hold on. I can, did you I can just, get your address. Did you just find out about this? No, I knew about this. I'm just suggesting that it's super weird as I was thinking through it today. So how often do you get these letters? You, there were 400, so they had been piling up. They didn't all just come in in the last week, did they? 
No, it's been at least three months since I've signed a lip, since I've went through anything of, of those sorts. So I, I, I'm actually troubled by that too. So anybody can just, I guess, I guess yeah, I mean, you know, I'm Googling myself. So I'm sure I can find my address. I, why am I telling, why are we telling people that they can find our addresses? Well, I, they already know. 99.9% of the people out there are totally fine, but there are a couple of people that listen to this podcast, and I wouldn't be concerned if I were you. Everybody loves you, but there are a, there are a couple Wait. of people that don't like me. Mm, less people like me than, or more people dislike me than pe- people that dislike you. Ooh, 100%. I don't think that's true at all. Well, I mean, more people care about me than you. <laughs> that's definitely true. I completely <laughs> so agree low. with that. That's so low. I, I take that comment back. <sighs> Anyways, so I have two things. My two, what do you got from this? Well, really three, because it's super strange to see, like, Derek Glasgow from Salem, Oregon, sending me a letter. Right. I know what's in it. I mean, I, I, I clearly, the only people that actually handwrite letters or write on the letters are fan mailers. Like, I know which ones they are. I feel the cards in them, the pictures. And what do they want? You to well, sign them and send them back? Sign their cards and send it back. So most people send an envelope back in it, and you just put it back, pop it right, sign them up, put it in an envelope. Now, a lot of times, if I can tell, like, an eight-year-old's written the letter, I will write them a letter back. I do read all the letters. I don't. I, I read them all. And, and so if it's a kid or something, I'll, or I'll put uh, some other pictures or something else in it. Don't tell your kids to send letters to my house because of this conversation. I don't want to. Well, this is where it's leading. <laughs> I, I know. <laughs> so I, send, I usually send them all. I, like, I'll bet you at this point in my life, 80% get back to people. It might be a year. But they get back. So, the two funny things from sitting at my table for an hour and a half today signing fan mail. One, if you're going to sign fan mail, like, put one of those envelopes that you have the peel-off thing. That, like, I'm not going to lick it. I had to get a, I got a sponge Oh, out. yeah, right. Sure. Like, I'm afraid, like, someone's going to poison me with a right. S-A-S-E envelope. they will, but, yeah. yeah. Uh, I highly doubt it. I mean, on the one-off chance that they do, I don't want to die at my kitchen table signing things. <laughs> doing nice things for people. <laughs> doing nice things for most other people. And two, I just, I went through over the last, over the course of the last 20 years, the varieties of fan mail letters. Well, I have a new favorite. Mm-hmm. It's like the, you can tell in the 40s, 50-year-old man, even 30s, and a lot of times they'll tell you, that will recite to you like I could read off my own bio at an event. Wow, what a great career. You had 429 receptions and 88 touchdowns. You were in the Pro Bowl two times. You played in this game and this. <laughs> I love my own bio. They, that's, they, yeah. write, they write to you and they recite your will... bio straight from Wikipedia. <laughs> Why? Why yeah, do they do that? Like I don't know my, well, my own bio, which I actually don't. I don't know. They just, I like. I think they try to personalize it enough. How many catches do you have, career? I think it's four hundred twenty-nine. I read it today. You're, you're right. How many yards? Do you know how many, how many yards? I have no idea. I have no idea. Four, uh, that was also four, in the bio, but I just was four thousand seven hundred and eleven. No do you know how many touchdowns you had in your career? I, uh, no. 
33. 33 touchdowns. Yeah. Okay. Well, there's that one that I like. And then I also like the uh, two sentences typed. Will you please sign the cards and put them in the envelope that I've sent to you to send them back? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Here you go. By the way, nice this is leading me to reading your Wikipedia page. Listen to this. Um, Cooley co-hosted Cooley and You're Kevin. Doing it. Cooley co- uh, Hold on. This is, this is interesting. Cooley co-hosted Cooley and Kevin, a morning drive sports show on ESPN 980 in D.C. with Kevin Sheehan. The show was canceled in 2018. Cooley now hosts his own podcast, The Chris Cooley Show, in which he discusses Redskins and NFL news and breaks down each week's game film. He also produces weekly film review segments on the Redskins' official website. Oh, you know what? You were actually... You did do that for a brief period of time. Six years ago. Yeah, yeah, they that's need right. To, they need to update that. That needs to be updated. Um, yeah. Now I'd only do, now Cooley does the Kevin Sheehan podcast, <laughs> where he's agreed to do half of the film breakdowns this year. Why? Okay, do you want to share with everybody why you're only going to do half of the film breakdowns this year? You came out for two days, half of the expected time that we agreed upon last year. That that's not true. There was no agreed upon amount of time. Yeah, there definitely there's a hundred percent. The first argument or that first that first conversation about it, I said you gotta come for at least four days. I tell that's what I tell everyone. I, I promise it happened. I just know it did because it's just standard protocol for the I, conversation of coming here. It might be standard protocol for many of your conversations, but you did not follow protocol for that conversation because I would have remembered no, you saying no. I would have remembered you saying four days. Uh, you hear what you want to hear. It got said. All right. So if you do I come up with a new solution, though, I'm just going to do half the work. For the film breakdowns that I do for you. So you'll do a film breakdown every week this year, but you'll only put in half the effort. But just spend very half the time. Well, you know what? And then you know me, and you know that that's not even a feasible. That is because once you get into happen. it, that once you get into it, it's then like, oh my it. god! And then I'm hearing from you. What happened? Did you see this? Yeah, in you know, then you come back up for air eight hours later. Um, I know well, you didn't went, do that I for this preseason game. preseason game. So wait a minute. Am I, I watched the, Am I getting a commitment from you that you're going to do film breakdown this year? Do you have a commitment from me for the rest of forever? I'm irrelevant. <laughs> All right. Tell, but, tell uh, me. There will be a new deal. There will be a new deal made. Uh, I, I'm not sure of the parameters. I don't know where we're going, but there's going to be a deal. Well, what's standard protocol? It won't involve money. It won't involve money. What standard standard protocol for your second negotiation and second deal for the appearance? I haven't thought about it yet. I haven't, I haven't spent the time to put it together just, just yet. Okay. Well, let me just say this. I had, I had so much fun that I absolutely would commit to coming back out there next year. This time I would fly into Cody Yellowstone instead of oh, Billings. Oh, that was the other thing that you, you Because you, you told me to fly into Billings. <laughs> I want this to be very clear to anybody, to the, you're like 11 to 17 listeners. <laughs> I know that's not true. Uh, <laughs> Why on earth? I don't want any feedback from you on the side of this. Okay. Why 
on earth would I say to you, Kevin, I think you should fly to Billings, Montana, which is a solid 95 miles from my house, because that would be better than flying into Cody, Wyoming, which is 12 miles from my house. So I would prefer to drive 90 miles, not 12. Think I did that? <clears throat> I know what you did, but apparently I'm not and allowed you know to comment. Me. I know what you, you know. I'm. You think I forgot to tell you about the Cody Airport? You did. What you told me was <laughs> the easiest place to fly into, which is true. The easiest and most accessible airport, bigger airport. When I say bigger, I mean Billings is not a big airport. I didn't even tell you about yeah. my story when I got back to Billings when you dropped me off that morning. Um, uh, remind me to tell you that story. They were the nicest people I think I've ever dealt with at a ticket uh, counter yeah, your uh, flight for changed. an airline. So you don't have to go back to Vegas, yeah, back to wherever exactly. you were going. And they, they totally set me up um, and did a great job. But I, the bottom line is... Billings is a more accessible airport from Denver, Salt Lake, and other places. Cody Yellowstone doesn't have nearly as many flights. And I think what you said to me was Billings is the easier, more accessible airport. And if you did say that Cody Yellowstone, you can fly in there, I think it was, I'll take part of the blame here that I just heard Billings, Montana. Because maybe I also thought Cody Yellowstone was going to be like prop plane from like, uh, you know, Salt Lake into Cody. It's not a problem. I know. But, um, but you just heard I did, what you wanted to hear. But well, I did, but, I, but you didn't quickly. have to pick me up because I offered I and, I, and I would have preferred to have rented a car so you didn't have to pick me up. And then more importantly and more inconveniently for you, take me back very early in the morning to make a 7 a.m. flight, which meant we left your house at 4.45 or whatever time it was. All, all, all of this is irrelevant. We had yeah. a great time. We had a great time. I enjoyed sitting in the car talking to you for an hour and a half. Yeah. It didn't matter at all to me. And it is easier. I'll give you another brief easier into Billings. It's not easier. It's, it's much easier to go into Cody. And it's normally realistic. It's not going to be a problem. Something happened in Denver in the middle of July and there was this big charity golf tournament here where Rod Woodson was the guy that came and played. By the way, I, he was in my foursome. Uh-huh. How they worked that out at our tournament, that the two celebrities didn't go with any of the people. They just played <laughs> with themselves. Yeah, why did they do I'm that? I'm not sure. Yeah, I, I, know. I, I don't know. I actually do know, because I said that's what we're doing. It's what we do. Oh. Well, Rod had a football camp in Cody the next day, got stuck in Denver, could not leave, had to be in Cody, rented a car and drove eight hours from Denver. Wow. Well, the, through the night. Hall of Famer Rod Woodson did this. That's a commitment. That is, that, that's actually first class yeah. that he did that. Good dude. Yeah. Good dude. All right, let's get to uh, what you saw uh, watching the first half of the game on Monday night. We'll do that with Cooley right after these words from a few of our sponsors. It's only a kick, a jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Adidas. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped, streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. Don't forget to rate us and review us, especially on Apple and Spotify. Uh, a quick one to two sentence review on Apple with a five star rating, if you see fit, is really helpful. Following us uh, as well, you can follow us on Apple. It's in the upper right hand corner. Spotify down the left hand side. Subscribing to the podcast is a huge help as well. All right, let's get to it. What did you see when you watched uh, Baltimore, Washington Monday night? So I watched. Only the offense, only the first half mm-hmm. on NFL Game Pass, which is still awesome because I can just 10-second fast-forward NFL or only offense, you know, only first half, whatever. wasn't film. I don't know if they do the film for the preseason. I don't think they do, do the film for the preseason. I don't know. Okay. Okay. <laughs> don't give two shits about what happened on defense, although I caught a couple of things like, when I knew Baltimore scored, I went and watched a play. Or when I knew there was a turnover, like when Martin picked the ball off in the end zone, I went back and watched that. And I was like, how did he not just score on that play? You know, how, how, how was that last touchdown of the first half by Baltimore a touchdown? But then you watch it again, you're like, maybe it isn't. So I watched a little bit of that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And said, you talked to me about this before and said everyone's concerned about the defense. I said I had a lot of people oh that God. were really concerned about the defense. Oh, yes, oh. I did tell you that. Oh, my God. We are not even going to have a slight concern about any kind of performance on the field in a preseason game. Unless it's the quarterback is so unbelievably bad and you're not sure what he was going to be. Like, i.e., Sam Howell went 6 of 27 with four picks. Right. Now we do have – now we have concerns. But everything's so simple and so basic. The, the defense was – I didn't watch very much defense. They're probably running a combination of four or five different fronts with three or four different coverages behind it, simplistic as could be. And also, in watching some of the plays, not making a massive attempt to tackle, which I also don't agree with, but I'm not concerned about at all. Well, none of the starters played other than the linebackers on defense. So there's no reason to be concerned about the played. defense. On a scale of 1 to 10 for a preseason game, I wanted to play in that game about negative 13. <laughs> right. Like, please, when can this end? I do not want to be here. Okay, so let's focus on the That's offense. It. I love the offense. I thought, I thought it was terrific. 
Sam Howell's going to be a pro bowler. Actually, he was really good. The enemy uh, did a very good job of complimenting a ton of high-low reads. They were reading uh, eight to five yards in between, 10, 10 to five yards with, you know, dig or shallow cross. Shallow cross is to actually stop, which they haven't run in a long time, but I know that's how the enemy runs it. Uh, 15 to 18 yard digs with a couple different play actions put into it. And I thought Sam Howell did a really good job operating in that, that different situation. I mean, he put himself in a couple bad situations, like early he takes a sack, but then he hits Cole Turner on a third and 15, who, by the way, was really good. And also, by the way, we said was going to be really good like two years ago. Yeah, when you, when they drafted him, you liked him. Yep. Um, I thought he, throughout the throughout most of the first half, was really pretty accurate. I thought his release was quick. And when he was on the move, was actually really good. Like later in the second quarter, rolled out right and hit Doxon on the run. Great vision down the field. Great ball to Dotson, who, by the way, was tremendous in the game. He really was. And is going to be a stud. Agreed. Um, but, like, I'm looking through this. There are a couple sacks. There's a, there's a sack early... The second quarter where he's got a pressure off his left side and they end up bringing five. They got five to block five, but it looks like he's hot. That's on him or that's on offensive line to pick that up. How they're managing that, I, I don't know. But he he said it was his fault. Mm-hmm. When you get in the face a couple times, you can figure out. No, most people figure out how to not do that. Yeah, but if it was yeah, his, if, if he was, if it, if it actually was his fault, is it because he didn't adjust the? You're talking about the free runner sack. We're not talking about the one that was obviously him holding the ball too long before the throw. Yeah, to Cole no, Turner. the the first one holding the ball too long. He had a, he had two dudes open. Right. The first one holding the ball open. They're running like a twelve yard cross and a shallow cross underneath it. So the high high low twelve and four, both are open. Should have let it go. Stuff. He had early pressure, should have stepped up and let it go. The second one, unblocked, is depends on how you work it out. Most times it's on the quarterback Got as it. an unblocked pressure. Okay. But there are times when you say the left tackle would have to band everybody, anybody wider, and that, that could be on the left tackle. It, it just depends on how, how it's worked out. If he said it's on him, it's on him. Okay. Um, but, yeah. Going through like a couple good scrambles. He had that red the scramble attempt in the red zone where he doesn't make it to the end zone. He's young, so I don't mind him taking three hits there. He got popped. Yeah, he did get popped a little bit, but I'm fine with it. He didn't have anybody open on that concept. They ran. I'm not even going to describe it. He just didn't have anyone to, anybody open on that concept. I okay. I can describe it, but we won't okay. go there. Um, the guy. Man, over the middle of the field, I thought he made really good throws. A twelve-yard, like kind of crosser, and then hook up to Terry McLaurin was really good. Dagger to Cole Turner was really good. Four or five really good throws to Dotson. Uh, the angle throw on the route to Gibson that ends up scoring is is a really good in on time throw with the angle to Gibson. So. I, I was I was really actually pretty impressed by him. The couple negatives, he bounces so much. He's like a rabbit back there. Like he's always bouncing, bouncing, bouncing. When he just settles down, he's a 
you got to be able to get better. He's got happy, happy feet. He is always looking down the field, especially in downfield concepts, way too long to throw the ball. It's open or it's not. And he'll get there, but it's open or it's not, and your checkdown's open now. Your checkdown's usually not open later. So if you're looking downfield and now those deep routes pass back in coverage, now your underneath coverage goes, well, they're way the fuck back there. And so they react to any of those leak out flat routes. Your checkdown's usually not just there. We'll be in the second quarter of a preseason game, but it's not. So we don't, you don't have five seconds to read a deep downfield concept mm-hmm. and go, I want this big shot. But you got one second, you throw that, you got two seconds maybe. Let's just hit the check down. That's a young player, and I'm fine with that. For the most part, yeah, like I said, accurate. He missed Brown a little bit on the seam in the end zone behind him. I didn't hate the throw. He ends up making another really good throw to Deami Brown, who also looked good in this game. All the receivers look good. Brown, Terry, and Terry's, I'm assuming, fine. Yeah, he's going to be I mean, the MRI showed Brown. Yeah. Yeah, all the receivers look good. I thought... Thought they ran the ball efficiently. I liked a couple different times the enemy mixed in two screens in, in different situations. The first third and four was like a little screen that I liked mixed in. And Andy Reid brilliant at mixing in screens in situations. So you hope that really, you know, Eric the enemy picked up on all of that. But no, no, I, I, I was impressed by the offense. I was impressed by how. Or I did make one keynote. You know, with all the changes in football and all the things, it's funny. In its cadence, he still says white 80. <laughs> white 80. Is that it? Is that Blue 13? Yeah. It's a nothing. I mean, whatever um, you want to do it. So, what, what do you tell people who, because the Pro Bowl joke, the Pro Bowl thing, I, I mean, I want you to tell everybody that you were actually joking. If not, I'm going to turn it into a headline on Bleacher Report. Um, I'm kidding. Um, it, it, I'm here, I'll make it really easy. It's the same thing in one situation that you talk about with Taylor Heineke. You go high load reads with multiple intermediate level routes, like 12 to 18 yards, and underneath routes that are following from 5 to 8 yards, and you're essentially reading the linebacker in between two dudes. One guy would be an alert. Let's read the underneath coverage in between two dudes, and let's, let's let it rip. It's the same thing Heineke did against the Buccaneers a couple years ago. It's a great way to run offense. It will exhaust itself very quickly. He did a great job executing within the game plan. He made accurate throws, and he looked very confident in doing so. There are, there are much more things that go into football for a quarterback. Right. But and what... so what they're really going to learn is when he can read multiple down-the-field throws. Can he, go, can he read four verts? Like Kansas City lives off of four vertical routes. That's what they've lived off. I mean, big plays. Can he really push the ball down the field? Because if he can, he's going to get tight man coverage, press your guys. It's going to disrupt things, and you're going to have problems. So he's got to be able to throw the ball down the field. And then I would say, can he survive in the pocket? Can he understand when people start bringing some zone pressures and some different looks? And can he not take a bunch of big sacks? And that is going to be a problem for him this year because he is going to do that because he's hopping around a lot and he looks a little anxious in the pocket. So he's going to take some sacks this year. But, again, that's a, that's a young player. So you figure out where he goes with that. I don't know, all in all, it was a good outing. I loved, the other thing I loved about it, 
the most. I think my favorite thing about this entire thing, we have a young quarterback who has not really seen enough looks. What are we going to do in this game? Why don't we throw the ball 30 times? Right. Great idea. Love Is it, it that hard? Yeah. Let's, the one guy that we really need, let's get that going. Oh, and last note, and I do have to leave. The offensive line looked pretty good. They did give him some time. Uh, what I was going to say to you, and just one quick thought, because you haven't said it yet, is that I agree with you. I thought he played really well and looked really good. It was Baltimore's twos and threes that they were playing. Yeah, no, I'm aware of that. Okay. Without game planning. Right. Yeah, it was. It was. So we're very clear. It was four concepts essentially. Five concepts. Very simple. And I mean, on the part of what Sam Howell had to run. Okay. I, it, it very, very simple reads, very basic concepts, day one install stuff. All right. Great job. You don't have to do a Cincinnati film breakdown next week, uh, but we will be back together um, leading into the first weekend of the NFL season. And by the way, you're going to be you're going to be into the gambling part too, because I know you're wagering on football these days. So we can talk a lot about that as well during the season. And then we will negotiate the long-term deal um, sometime between now and your next appearance. Uh, Thank you for doing this. See ya. There he is, everybody. Uh, Off to move some dirt or play some golf or make some pottery. Who knows where he's headed. Uh, He is a man of many sides. Um, Always good to have him on the show. And, yeah, we will get him... Uh, a little bit more engaged with this team, this quarterback, this coming season. Uh, And we'll do some recaps and some film breakdown on the podcast during the season. All right, that is it for the show today. Uh, I will have a show for you tomorrow. What do you think of Coach Gibbs? Love Coach Gibbs. He's a great guy, man. Real up front. Honest, I mean, he really cares about about the players. I think he's done a great job with you know, bringing people into our organization to succeed. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.